0: You don't just start playing baseball and then instantly make it to the major leagues. You have to work hard to get there. You have to have a game plan to get yourself to be the MVP. The Most Valuable Producers podcast is not for the average agent. You can't be average to become the MVP. Just like in the big leagues, you can't just be a one or two or three-tool player. You have to be a five-tool player to become the MVP. Can make a difference in someone's life every single day in this job, in this career, in this industry. What's your game plan? This is your host of the show, Mitch Gibson. You are listening to the MVP Podcast. What is going on, MVP Podcast and the Agency Intelligence Nation? It's your host of the most, Mr. Mitch Gibson, uh, joined by two fellow goats and two of my favorite people in the industry. Yes, you heard me say it. Two of my favorite people in the industry and maybe some two of my favorite human beings um joined by the man the myth the legend himself from glove box mr andy matheson and the gq magazine cover of the year model (laughs) from urban young mr brett young gents how are we today
1: doing really well man we appreciate you
2: yeah appreciate you man can you just follow me around and do that every time that was pretty uh, i'll take that all back. that was pretty good (laughs)
0: Hey, everybody <laughs> needs a retirement job at some point. I'd be more than happy to teach you guys this Holy morning shit. all day long. <laughs> uh, I yeah, promise I your, you I would.
1: How is your book of business right now, Mitch? You're talking retirement, right?
0: Well, I've still got quite of quite a long time of that, <laughs> but we're, we're it's it's doing okay. I'm not gonna not gonna spit numbers out there because I'm sure I look like a little fish, but you know, uh-huh. everybody's agency and the way they do business is different, right? And and I think that that's gonna lead into some great conversations that we have is um whether you're an agency owner or a young agent that are that is like myself and as a producer, now just you know, knocking down the doors, shaking hands, kissing babies, doing doing the whole nine yards of sales, right? Um, uh, this episode is going to be able to help you in many, many ways. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it in a 45-minute or less radius, but if it does go over a little bit, just understand to, to, to listen to the whole entire podcast because there's going to be great Little, little tips, tricks, different ideas, conversations, um, and things that we'll dive into here later in the show. But without further ado, I'm going to take the back end of this show, I'm going to flip it to the front end. I usually finish every episode with five rapid fire questions, mm. but we're going to start the show off with five rapid fire questions, get a little energy going here, and I've got a couple more. So it's usually five, but we're going to go seven rapid fire questions Whoa, to, wow. kick, to kick off the show. Mr. Brett, Brett, Brett Young, let's let's start yeah. with you, Brett. Let's go, let's go with Brett first.
2: Let's
0: do it. What is, up, your, what is your favorite color? Blue. What is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Strawberry. If you could spend 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? My wife. God, that was good. If you could visit anywhere in the world for vacation, where would you go? Tulum. If you had one piece of advice for someone out in the world, Non-insurance related, maybe just life. Maybe it is about business. If you had one piece of advice for somebody out in the world, feeling down or feeling like they got kicked in the teeth, what is it for them?
2: Be relentless with activity, but patience with time.
0: Wow. What is your all-time favorite quote?
2: Successful people do what unsuccessful people are not willing to do.
0: And my last question, who is your favorite music or musician or band?
2: Uh, i'm a i'm an electronic music guy and i'm a big camel fat fan
0: i'm in i know who that is andy put a big arm up not sure if you guys do but if you have a chance could please just go give it a try just go give it one (laughs) try for me that was quick that's probably the first time i've not stopped in a rapid fire five rapid fire questions i tried to just do it off the cuff cuff, you know that's how it should be that's how it should be that's how it should be mr matheson you ready yeah let's try all right, here we go. Five rapid fire questions. Number one: What is your favorite color? Blue. What is your favorite flavor of ice cream? Vanilla. Boring. Boo. I will say boo to that. Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> if you could spend twenty-four hours with anybody in the world, dead or alive, who would it be? My sweet little kids. Oh, melts my heart. Makes you want to cry. Yeah. Um. If you could, if you could go visit anywhere on vacation, anywhere in the world, where would you go? Uh Verta. If you had one piece of advice for anybody on the world struggling, feels like they just got their teeth kicked in, what would that advice be? Uh doing the
1: right thing is never the wrong thing. Mm, talk to me.
0: Which is gonna lead into my next question. What's your favorite quote? If you did not just say your favorite quote, hustle hard like you've never done it before. Is that from a I rap love song? It. That I love be, that. Dude.
1: Let's start it up. Come on. Let's go. It is probably it's probably
0: interrupt some if you look it up, dude. That's probably probably. is. So love I do that. have to I do have to ask both of you one one more question. Outside of family relatives, okay, think about maybe maybe men, high level mentors or uh, people we look up to or leaders that we look up to, right? Put put your put that cap on for a second. Back to the question if you could if you could spend any with it 24 hours with anyone dead or alive, who would it be? On a business standpoint, if you could spend a day of learning, day of education, day of following, note taking, who would that be? Wow, Mm.
2: wow, yeah, exactly. You have to pick Uh, Andy. Uh, Andy, go
1: first. you
2: have
0: to pick one person for that. I think, yeah, one person because I think you you can't have multiple, right? I mean, I, I think, I think you could have multiple, but for this specific, it's not a test for this specific question. I think I think if you identified that one specific person, maybe it's someone that you've always read their book. You know, maybe it's that someone that you've always paid attention to their podcast or not. There's not a time goes by where you don't watch that person or pay attention to them and you don't learn something. So mine's
1: not attainable, but Kobe Bryant, I mean, the grit, determination, the passion, all the stuff the experiences and just the fight he put in uh, on and off the court. Um, I I love that guy.
2: Yeah. it's a great answer. Tough to keep up with that dude, right? Mama mama mentality. I love that. Um, Mine is, if I had to pick one, it would be Jeff Olson. He is alive. He wrote the book called uh, The Slight Edge. And uh, I had the opportunity to indirectly uh, mentor with Jeff. I've worked with some of the people that he's worked with, but I've never worked with him. Um, And he's built billion dollar sales organizations in multiple different companies. And so, and he's a team builder. He teaches a lot of the concepts that we've, that we've kind of adopted here within the agency. So to be able to study under him for a duration of time would be a, would be a really cool, would be really cool.
0: Can't ever say, I'm going to be honest, right, right hand up. scouts honor. I've never heard of the guy. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to look him up right when we get done with the show. I can tell you that. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah this the slight edge is a uh, a book that he's most popular for, but um, it's a it's a really powerful book. It's one of my favorite books. It's a great book. Anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you have a, a new team member or somebody that's not necessarily integrated into personal development or reading or different things that will you know make you better, it's it's a book about the small disciplines that seem to make no difference at all all in the act of doing them, but compounded over a long period of time, they really are the difference between success and failure. And so it's the difference between being massively successful and being a complete and utter failure is a very slight edge just practiced every single day. Um so he's he's a he's a he's a powerful I can't say mentor. I could say figurehead in my journey and my partner's journey that, that would be a cool thing to be able to learn directly from him.
0: I love that. I, I love that. And then also, thanks for that input because I don't think you guys, I don't know if I've ever spilled the beans to you you all, but when I was going through depression and, you know, was going through a divorce and all of this stuff, right? I every day avidly watched Gary Vaynerchuk, right? This is, I didn't even know who the guy was, right? This is back three years ago. Every day there was something I, first, I would be so routine oriented, it, it, it helped my mind focus mm-hmm. on the things that needed to be focused on at that point in time right and those those people those people make an impact from the beginning off on you the, the rest is for you to i guess follow along and see if you want to create the journey curate the journey alongside with them right and the same thing goes for no matter what industry you're getting into or no matter what what you're doing whether it's sports like Kobe Bryant or whether being the next you know uh, the the next biggest leader in the in the country you know or even the yeah. next president of the country right it's important that you have a process of of how you think that you can attain what you determine as your success right mm. success can cool. be determined in many different ways many different aspects right kobe's kobe measures success measured success in a different way than the guy yeah. you just mentioned there brett
2: sure sure
0: measure yeah. their way of success so many different ways
2: yeah, I think about like good data in, good data out. Usually, especially us as insurance agents, we understand that concept, right? Like, shout out to Glovebox over here. But I mean, the 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 your data coming out that you can actually use is only as good as what you put in, right? And I feel like you know our mind is the greatest you know machine on the planet, and how much of our day is consumed with you know content. Re- rich information that's going that's actually helping that process that's ha- actually helping that framework right really what's happening usually every day is it's eroding it's eroding the frameworks of what we believe are important to be successful right like a big thing that i do that's a that's a hack that i learned from a, I forget who did i think it was the podcast from the guy who did atomic havocs uh he talked about curating your social media feed like every quarter Because what ends up happening is, you know, we let the social media platforms dictate what we get to interact with instead of us being in control of it, right? I can control what I follow, who I follow, you know, how much it comes up. But I said, i have to be intentional about that. But what was happening to me is I was just getting bombarded with stuff all day long that the platforms decided was important to me. But that wasn't what was important to me. It just happened that I just went along with it. I If you... Surveyed the people that listen to this podcast, I bet ninety five percent of them have never curated their social media feed. Right? You just no, you just get on it. there and you do it. But what I've what's noticed is every time I open my phone, I feel like yeah, I got to stay off my phone. I got to stay on my phone. When I open my phone and my feed, it is just blasted with million dollar information all the time. Like it's a it's a it's a it's a university course every time I open my feed. But that takes intention. But what's the what's the what's the what's the benefit or what's the conclusion or what's the result of having that much good information coming at you every single day, cumulatively over five years versus someone who just is on there, just getting bombarded with just random stuff. And, you know, it's not really intentional to what they want to, you know, as far as input, the data that they receive. So I a hundred percent agree with that. I think social media can be an unbelievably powerful tool for that specific reason but it's just unfortunate because we just – we don't have intention through it. We just kind of go No through, intention go in, the, in
0: the, the word that you've both said that's one of my favorite words is passion, right? I live by those four, four, four things that you can control day in and day out that require no talent. Passion, enthusiasm, attitude, and effort. Those are the <laughs> Dude, four the things two. that you can control day in and day out. That requires cool. you not being the best at sales. That requires you not being the the best, having the best um handwriting, being the best typer, being the best data inputter. Mm. That requires nothing, but those four things you can control. Passion is that. one of my all-time favorites. Because if you don't have passion in anything you're doing, why are you doing it? Mm. Right? That's really you, cool, man. Then why are you doing that. it? I
2: just, I just wrote that down, man. I just learned something. I always tell my kids, I'm like, hey man, attitude and effort. Attitude and effort. Attitude and effort. But I think I just I think I just added two more to the list. That's really cool, man. Thanks for sharing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Which I think the reason why I kind of went down that path a little bit, and I I'm glad you kind of took off and ran with it. And I I kind of gave these boys a little bit of preparation with this next I guess little topic that we're going to discuss because I think it's extremely important. And also I I I think this this is going to help out ninety five the ninety five percent that you were just talking about that doesn't curate the social media that ninety same ninety five percent needs this next question and needs, needs the answer to this. And I guarantee you both of yours have some similarities, but both of them have some differences. So Andy was starting for you, starting with you. My question was, and still is, if you're a young agent, just getting started, maybe less than two or three years in the industry and you maybe feel like you're stuck, right? They say, give it three years, promise, give it three years, but they're stuck. Or they're brand new. If you have, if you had four pillars towards success of being a young agent to have success in this career, as in in the industry, what do you what What are your what what, what would be four pillars in your mind that an agent should follow, or a young agent should maybe consider? Because everybody does things differently. Maybe something they they should consider as they move down the path towards success or trying to build out what that path of success looks like
1: yeah you have to build a foundation and your foundation should be uh, the right ingredients to make sure that you're sitting on you know the right stability for the course of your career you know is your career going to last 10 years 20 years 30 years or more uh, regardless of the time that it takes to get to the end goal you have to understand that what you're standing on it cannot break because if it breaks, then it's worth nothing. And if your foundation have the ingredients on these four pillars, in my opinion, uh, you're going to be set up pretty well. Those four pillars should be your operations, your education, your marketing, and your growth. And I'll break down each one. On the operations uh, pillar, you're looking at your systems. What do you use to be successful? What tools? Are you operating on to make sure your day to day, your week, your month, or year is flowing well? Your workflows along with your workflows are your processes. How do you operate in an effective manner? What is your regiment? What is your steps? How do you handle your business? You cannot be. You cannot vary from your operations and your processes align with how that should operate. Like you shouldn't have to think about it, right? So if you get that done well from the front end and you establish some good grounds on how you operate with the systems you use, the processes that you initiate, the scripts that you you know are, are repeating often and and you're confident with, um, that operations pillar should be the imp- core ingredient. For that foundation. The next is education. You obviously need an insurance license. You need carrier knowledge. You need agency guidelines. You need to understand appetite. You need to understand market conditions. Huh. You need to understand your resources that are available. So with the education pillar, you're doing all the legwork that it takes to be a good insurance agent and a trusted advisor And an expert in your craft and enthusiastic about being that advisor. The next would be that marketing aspect. You cannot write any business without getting leads in the door. So the marketing pillar is made up of lead generation, brand awareness, your exposure, letting your market know that you exist You have to understand that without a marketing pillar, you're not going to be able to drive forward in any capacity because you're seeking out business uh, every single day manually. You should be able to get that on an automated, you know, a faucet that you just turn on and it's flowing and you can just pour the cup or like fill the cup automatically, right? Um, So your lead generation should be, an absolute focus for the first 12 months of your career to ensure that the rest of your career, you don't have to worry about leads coming in the door. Your brand is vital to your success. And we have one of the best in the business right here on the show in Brett Young that builds a brand to establish himself in the market so that his market knows that he exists. And that exposure to your market is going to come full circle when you don't have to be uh, picking up the phone, worrying about leads coming in the door. It's just happening for you. Your fourth and final pillar, growth. I do a uh, series. It's probably about a 20-minute session teaching agents on how to goal plan. You can reverse engineer how much money you want to make and how what you need to do to get to that. End pause, goal. pause, pause,
0: pause. Listen, turn, turn the damn earphones up right here. <clears throat> this right here is gold.
1: You can tell you can put a number on a piece of paper. I want to make $150,000 this year and you can reverse engineer the number down to the exact activity you need to do every single day to get to that 150,000. And I can help you do that in a 20 minute session. Um, So your goal planning and that goal planning is this like pie in the sky number that people just kind of like throw against the wall and see if they can get there. But there is a actual process that you can put into place to reach those goals and attainable. Um, so you have a one-year plan, a five-year plan, potentially a 10-year plan and operating accordingly to get to those measures. Now, the last two pieces of the growth category would be analysis. You on, you want to stop every 90 days and understand if you're doing the right thing to get to your goals. Are you growing accordingly? Are you operating effectively? What are you doing? And so that's analysis inside of the growth pillar. And the last would be your opportunities. Another uh, thing that Brett Young does really well is he assesses his market and sees what other opportunities he can go get and and acquire and be a part of and implement as part of his agency. So you're you're seeking out other opportunities to make your growth effective. So the four pillars are operations, education, marketing, and growth.
0: Is it that simple? I would think. (laughs) I mean – that, That's so good, it, by the way. The th- That's The like, thing about just, it, I don't know about both of you. Hold on real quick, right, Brett. I didn't mean to cut you off. Did you ever hear that your first year of insurance? Me? Yeah.
1: My um, my dad was really good at at making sure that proper planning prevents poor performance. The five Ps. Mm. And he taught us the five Ps at a young age. And when we came into the agency, you know, we were about a five to seven million dollar book of business, depending on how you, how you look at it. But We were not at a point that we felt good about. So we grew a model based on the core concepts of proper planning prevents poor performance. And everything I just laid out is preparing yourself on a good foundation. So no, I didn't hear it like that. I've established my own grounds or my own ingredients to come up with the foundation. But this was all
0: a concept that I kind of grew off of that, uh, the five P's. No, appreciate appreciate you sharing that. And I I, I asked that for a specific reason. It'll make sense here um, after Brett Brett uh, lays his out. But Brett, before I cut you off right there, what, what were you getting ready to say?
2: Oh man, I'm, first of all, I'm taking notes, which it's always great when you're on a podcast and someone's talking and you're taking notes. So man, Andy, that was uh, absolute fire. Um, <laughs> and to answer your question, no, I never heard that. You know, early in a career, you know, my 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 start in the insurance career was somebody handing me a laptop and saying, "Here you go," you know, like that was it um so i didn't there was no training there's no nothing you know the first time i learned how to do insurance i i i asked if if somebody had a policy and i took a 200 page policy home and i read it for the next three weeks that's how i learned insurance so no man like to have these podcasts and these resources and if you're listening to this show what andy just said i mean literally you could just start you could just literally stop the podcast right there um and, and and dissect that uh I will probably be regurgitating that, so I may put Andy Matheson's name on all the stuff, <laughs> on on the the resources. But I, this will be internal trainings uh, for not only new team members but you know veteran team members. That's just gold.
0: Thank you, sir. Come on, baby, I can't wait. Brett, can't yes. wait to hear what you got. Did you have enough um, time? I know man. I gave you a um, late notice. I told Andy last night before he was. Uh, and his way back home. Yeah. To Denver there. So he had a little bit of prep. I apologize.
2: No, no, it's, it's totally cool. I, and, and mine's cheating. So, cause we have a three pillars inside the company. <laughs> and so I, I was thinking about what would be my fourth. Um, and I, it came, it was very easy. Um, so, but let me, I'll, I'll give you those four. The first three are the three pillars of success inside urban young, but they're, they are the concepts that we learned prior to urban young when we were studying under that Jeff Olson, uh, camp. And so they're not ours. They just, somebody said to me, you can be a copycat as long as you copy the right cat. So, um, if you, hmm. if you you know find an Andy Matheson and really good information, you can rebrand <laughs> it, you know, just give credit where credit is due. Um, so the three pillars of success inside our agency that I, I believe are foundational and not only of insurance career, but everywhere you go is, 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 is a three prong attack. It's kind of like a stool. Like, right? so, uh, if you're not where you want to be, this is the question we ask somebody, you know, where are you on a scale of one to 10 on these three things? Uh, and then you can't use a seven. So if you're listening to the show right now and you're asking yourself, all right, cool. You know, I want to know how I'm doing. This is how I This is how I would grade anyone that I'm coaching. This is how I would grade a team member. This is how I would, I would grade myself is scale of one to 10 and you can't use seven. So number one is showing up. How you show up. Are you early? Are you prepared? Are you ready to go? Do you take notes? Do you sit in the front of the room or do you sit in the back of the room? Right. The energy. Are you enthusiastic? Do you sit up in your chair or do you slouch in your chair? Your posture. Are you bringing value? Are you are you contributing to the conversation? Or are you just there? Right. There's a certain art to, to showing up the right way that will profoundly make an impact in your performance. One of the best examples that I I have is, 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 you know, if you go to college, right. And you've been that first freshman year of college. If you just go to class, you don't do anything except you just go to class. You say, no matter what, I'm going to go to class. You will outpace like half of your class because people just don't make it because they don't show up. Like the showing up is literally half the battle. It is. If you can show up the right way for a long enough period of time with a good attitude, you beat all, you beat the majority of people because people just have a hard time with consistency and showing up. So number one in anything is just showing up. You can be bad for a really long time, but if you don't quit and you keep showing up, you'll get sick of being bad and you'll start to improve, right? So number one is showing up for me. Number two is activity. You have to do the thing, right? It's not enough to just show up. After a while, you might go, you know what? Maybe I should actually do something here. Maybe I should do some classwork. Maybe I should take the t- test, right? You have to actually put in the activity. If, you, if somebody gives you an ax and you don't swing it, it's not gonna, the tree's not coming down, right? So you have to put in the work. Now, a lot of people say, well, it's productivity, not activity. I disagree with that. I don't I don't agree with that. How are you supposed to be proficient when you're a baby? You just started right? We want to take people from babies and we want to make them million dollar producers. It doesn't work that way. You just got to get people ingrained in the activity. It's like taking somebody who's overweight and then put them in a boot camp for two weeks on seven days a week and having them do up downs twice a day. Like that doesn't work. Like that's not sounds a- like,
0: sounds like me trying to learn the insurance to get my insurance license and then fail the test a few times.
2: I failed it twice. You know why they, they call me uh, they call me a broker. Who cares? They the call best. me Whatever. they
0: call me a, they call me Treyway because I failed That's it three right. times.
2: That's right. Sorry,
0: sorry to interrupt. That's just what no made worries, me think about.
2: I love it. I love it. But like, look, you got to you got to engage in the activity, and you got to be willing to be bad fast. Meaning, you've got to be willing to be bad before you get good. And so, showing up is number one, and then doing the work is activity is number two, and then the third one is the magic pillar for for us. And that's personal development, right? I could take two different people, both of them show up, both of them do the same activity, identical, same frequency, same everything. They could have the same script. One gets big time results. One of them fizzles out and quits. Why is that? If it was so much about what you say, if it was so much about what you have to do to be successful, if it was so much about the X's and O's of of how to do it, they would both have success but they don't, and there's a reason for that. One had a past life where they were successful, and they learned a bunch of contextually important soft skills. The other one's brand new, and they've never done sales in their life. They've never talked to anybody. They're poor with communication. They don't have follow-up, and all of a sudden, you put them in the same process, in the same activity, in the same office, showing up the same frequency. One does well, one doesn't, because the, the, the level of your personal development is going to dictate how successful you are at doing the activity. Back to the example about the axe. If I give you a dull axe and I ask you to chop down a tree and you just beat, you're just beating that tree over and over and over again. It's not, and you're not getting, you're not getting the results. You're not getting the success that you're looking for. But then somebody else spends an hour or two hours sharpening the axe, personal development, and then they swing the axe and the tree comes down. So you have to swing the ax. You have to be there to swing the ax, but you also need to take the time to make sure that you sharpen the edges. And it's the same thing on a sales call. It's the same thing when you're handling a dispute with a client on the phone. It's the same thing when you're prospecting. I can give you the thing to say, but one person goes in and they are able to make a joke and make somebody laugh. The other one reads body language and realize it's not a good time. So they realize that they show etiquette by giving them space. You can't teach this stuff by giving somebody script. You can't teach this stuff by just telling them what to do. That takes personal development. So reading 10 pages of a good book a day is the, is the most important thing to me of a successful career, especially in the insurance business, not insurance related, not insurance related, communication, leadership, uh, 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 influence, persuasion, um, organizational skills. Uh, There's, there's a, there's a, there's a plethora of different things that you can do, but personal development is the third pillar to me. To me, that's the, the magic sauce that makes the whole wheel go around. And then you ask me what the fourth one is. And for me, it's very easy. It's patience. You know, we're in a business that takes patience and it's tough because we lose sight of the fact of why we got into the business. You know, we want into the business because we want an annuity that pays us. And we want this really rock solid, structurally sound income that, you know, is not easily eroded away. But yet the thing about that is it's it's because it's not easy come, easy go. That's why we want it. But we forget about the process of what that takes throughout the throughout the journey. And I just think in this business, patience is a virtue in this business. It's very difficult because the fruits of today don't necessarily show you the fruits of what are coming. And so if you can stack those three pillars on top of being patient, now I didn't say be patient, and wait around. I said, be patient and do the activity. I said, be patient, and do 10 pages of a good book a day. I said, be patient, be urgent with your activity, urgent with your, with your wants, but have patience, knowing that time is either your ally and your friend, or it's working against you. If you're doing the right activity over and over again, time's very simple. You should be pro- you should be saying, "Hey, look, this is what I used to do. I say, hey, if I write this amount of money, or if I, I write this amount of business, I make this amount of money. Then I'm going to stack the next year. I'm going to take out attrition, then I'm going to add in growth. And I would just stack that, and I would do three to five year cycles in my head when I'd be by myself. I'd be like, oh, well, based on what I did this year, this is where I'm going to be." And then the next year, I wouldn't have enough fruit to show for today. So I'd say, hey, man, yeah, but based on this, if I could do 20% more, I should be able to do 20% more. If I, if I map that out, here's where I'll be. So I was always living in the future. I was always pulling from the future of where I will be to do the activity today. Because if I looked around today, I didn't have the proof because we're in a business that takes a long time to build. So Patience would be my number four, um, which is, which is hard. You know, I needed patience to hear that was great, but it's hard.
0: I needed to hear the patience thing. I, I honestly was trying to figure out the whole time while you're going one, two and three, trying to figure out what the fourth was going to be. Not did I think patience was going to be it. And I think that's probably out of those three, one of the most important pieces, especially if you're just getting started. Cause, Cause it cause does not, take time. It's not, it, when you're getting started, it isn't even to be a, it isn't
2: even about being patient to get a client. Like you're not even there yet. It's right. patience. It's patience with getting good at the craft. It's patience with learning the business. It's patience with learning how to open a door to a conversation. Yep. Like th- there's so many other things that are before that. Like so, you know, it's like, well, I've been patient. I, I'm not doing the results that I want. I've been patient. No, 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 no. You just learned the business. Like you just learned the business. You, you, have, you were patient to learn the business and you had the idea and the thought that you should be working on client acquisition. You, I mean, if somebody comes into our agency for the newest, st- like you could come in as a new producer, but for, you're going to have to learn, Like like Andy just talked about it, the education, right? You have to learn all these different things before you even have the ability to do that. Now you can mentor under somebody and you can, we under their wing and you can open doors and they close it. And there's all these different things, but to be proficient and to be independent and to be able to be in a position where you can truly have a bending elbow up, which is what you should get in this business after a certain amount of time. It just takes a while. It just does, man.
0: Now, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. And just for myself, you know, just finishing up year five, everything that you guys have said, I wish, I was told day 1 episode 1 season 1 of my insurance career. Hmm. You know, I I really wish I do and that's what you you know, Brett, that's what you were stating a second ago. And Andy, I don't know. You gave your input as far as you've built kind of built your foundation as time's gone on. Yeah. My yeah. other question is is that something that's supposed to be built out as you go on or Is the magic sauce, if the magic sauce is given to you, are you expected for it to work even if you follow the game plan line by line? Or is following maybe some footsteps and throwing in my ingredients along the way the most important piece?
1: Yeah, I think it's your own journey. Your own journey is going to help establish your own grounds. And it's because, you know, everyone's got a different market. Everyone's got a different style of agency, the way they operate. And so if you bring in a little bit of of everyone's expertise, build your own concepts and make it into your your own secret sauce, I think you're, um, you're you're really establishing your own pillars. Um, but this this sets you up in a nice way, right? This this gives you an opportunity to say, "Hey, Elias, I have a baseline
3: for how this could uh, work well for me."
0: Sure. No, that that yeah, makes yeah. sense.
3: Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merged? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers, and I said to him, "Dude."
2: The other thing is, if, you've, if you're if you in proximity of somebody that's successful, just do what they do, man. Even yeah. if you think you could be more successful doing it another way, like, spare me what you know. Spare me what you know. If you, if, if you want to know how to do this and you want to do it well, come learn, leave what you know at the door, and do what works, do what duplicates, and then after you've learned it, perfect, no problem. Now, if you want to put your own flavor on it, put your own flavor on it, but- so many people come into this and they say, ah, yeah, this person does it this way. And yeah, they've been successful, but I just don't like doing it that way. Or I just don't do it that way. It's like, I don't understand. You have a science. You, you, you're you looking for a science of achievement. You have it in front of you just because you don't like it. Like, okay, you have your entire life after you be, become successful to do what you like. Suck it up and do what's required, not what you like, what is required to, because otherwise you're going to quit. And, that, and yeah. you just wasted your time. Like if you've got somebody in your proximity, who's done it, and they've done it well at a high level, I would be thinking, okay, I'm gonna do it like they do it. And I'm gonna get in front of them as fast as I can, as much as I can, I'm gonna give them as much value as I can. And I'm gonna be around them as much as I can. That proximity is so much more valuable than a better mousetrap. Because what Annie just said is every single agent in the country does it a different way. It's the beautiful thing about our business, right? Everybody has this different flavor, which is great. So if you spend your time thinking about a different mousetrap all the time, you, you, you become paralyzed in not doing the activity. You become paralyzed in thinking there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to do this. Well, this person said they do this. And this person says they do lead gen like this. And this person said, well, they tried that type of lead gen and it didn't work. So, you know, and you're just constantly bombarded with all of this muck. So if you've got somebody that you have access to that's been successful, just do it the way that they do it. That, that's one of the biggest advices, I, I biggest piece of advice I can give you because you're going to learn something no matter what. And you don't have to stay in that space all the time, but you're going to learn something. There's, there's a saying It says good leadership. You can learn a lot from good leadership, but you can learn just as much about leadership or bad leadership. You yeah. can always learn from every scenario. It just depends on your framework.
0: It's a great way you to know, the other thing,
2: Mitch, I wanted to, to hit on one, one last thing on that was, you know, someone told me it's a five-year journey. It's going to take you five years. And I think that's a really important, you said three. And I think three, in my opinion, is tough because, you know, I don't think that's enough runway because we get to a year and a half and we think I only have a year and a half left of this runway. And it's not a good indicator of what's going to happen because you get this bending, you get this bending knee in this business, this bending curve up. And we start having a countdown clock in our head. Like, oh, I've been here a year. I only have two years. You know, oh, I've been Mm -hmm. here two years. I only have 12 months. It's like, But there's something magic that happens at like this time frame where all of a sudden three years to me is like, oh, this could work. Not, oh, it's working like, oh, this could work. And then five years for me was like, oh, this is going to work. And then now 10 years, I'm like, holy shit, this is pretty awesome. Right. Right. So the difference between five years and 10 years for me personally is you, you wouldn't even recognize it. You wouldn't even recognize it, but but if somebody wouldn't have told me, hey, it's going to take you five years to be successful, but it's going to take the rest of your life. It's but it's the rest of your life you can have regret. Like you're going to have to put five years in, hard blood, sweat, and tears to be successful, but it you know you may go your whole life and just have regret if you don't. And for me, that really summed it up. It was like, damn, yeah. I'm a young dude. I could put in the work five years, and I just put my head down, and it helped me because I had blinders on you know and by the way those calculations that i was talking to you about when you're sitting on the beach looking out into space thinking you know is this going to work it was always a 5 year crunch the numbers i wasn't doing 3 years i was doing 5 years and if you compound all those renewal books on top of each other for 5 years versus 3 years all of a sudden the number gets a lot larger which allows me to come back into the the present and do more activity because the number in the future is bigger than if I use the three year calculation. So if you're listening to this and you're a young producer, you're a young agent, and you're, you're wondering how you should measure your, your deal. I I would just, I would encourage, highly encourage you to use five years. Um, I just think there's something magical about that patience number, but patience is having a definiteness of purpose. Like you have to be you, you, you can't be wishy-washy. Like you got to have your head down. And, and, and three years to me is kind of tough because yeah. you're thinking to yourself, is
1: this going to work? For what it's worth, we didn't use time at our agency. We used premium. So when they hit a million dollars in premium, we felt like everything clicked and they had a, a good opportunity to say, look, It's working. I have a launch pad that's going to allow me to get to that next level. Um, Obviously, by that point, you have everything in place to make sure that the rest of your career is successful. So we didn't necessarily do time. We just did premium as a benchmark. Um, It gave it gave the person a little bit more um, something to reach. Yeah,
0: they feel like they, you know, they feel that, you know, success. Yeah, Yeah. it's a feat. Uh, Time is just time. Right. But that was just how we did it. Right. I love that. No, I think that's a great idea. I'd love if if you're an agency owner out there listening to the show. I'd love if you message me on LinkedIn or send me an email or whatever. I'd love to hear what how you guys maybe measure that or uh, put it into perspective for a new new agent or you know new to your agency agent um, on measuring that success within the first five years or even do you do you measure three five do you not even measure at all right um, may, Let me hear some of your input. That'd be that'd be greatly appreciated. But one thing that you still can't forget about. Just because you've maybe had maybe gotten or have become successful in that five-year doesn't mean that you become lazy, right? You, you can't be lazy for the remaining 20 that you're in it or the net remaining 10 or 15 that you're in it, right? Well, what that, are you talking that's about, extremely... that's,
2: that's the reason I got in the insurance business, right? We just put business on the books and
0: then we go play golf, right? <laughs> I mean – that's what I was told, and I've still that still hasn't happened. <laughs> still hasn't happened yet. But you you have got to continue to, to to work your book. You still got to continue to take care of your clients. Your your customer service, uh, your current your your clients and your book of business is even more important ten years down the road than it was the first policy that you wrote. And yeah, and I think that's something you've got to understand. Is I think sometimes is with a sales cap on whether you're not whether you're just producing and selling not servicing, not application, nothing. All you're doing is selling the policy. Unless that's all you're doing, take care of your damn clients. If you don't, it's okay because there's agents like myself and Brett that'll take them all day long (laughs) because we love having those conversations. But I kid you not, the amount of people I get in a 30, 40-mile radius, commercial lines accounts. That says, I haven't talked to my insurance agent in three years. What? When someone says that, or even I haven't talked to my insurance agent in 16 months, 18 months, I still get a grin on my face, right? Because I'm understanding that that's important. I've now spent five years building my book of business. I could be lazy and let it all go to shit and it cancel slowly. And then I'm back to year three. Hmm. Or you could put in that effort easy as making two or three phone calls or putting in an email marketing system where your clients feel like they're getting touched more than once or twice every three years. Something that simple to keep your book of business longer. But you got to do unto others of what you want back in return. Right? That's important. But most importantly now as we get into fill your belly with Thanksgiving and Christmas coming the holidays, I know of a lot of people that shut it off They shut it off. And, Brett, you mentioned something before the show, which is the reason why I'm bringing it up now. Just because it's holiday season doesn't mean it's time to get lazy. I think that's more of the time that you should be putting the foot on the gas pedal, finishing the year out strong, but also taking the opportunities away from those that are being lazy sitting on the couch or if you're in Indiana sitting in the inside simulators playing golf because it's too cold outside. What's your guys' perspective on that?
2: man i, I want to toss it to Andy because andy do you, do you remember the the clip of uh Kobe talking about how he would get up at, and he would train at four damn yeah, and then and then he would you know I, you, I, you probably can do a better job of I, immediately when you said Kobe earlier and then you just talk about like i just think off season I just think like you need space you need if everyone's training and everyone's working hard you either have to be really better than everybody or you have to put in more hours it's really that simple there's only two variables. And so you need space where people are not putting in the time, so you can put in the time. So I just think about this time period, and if you summarize that, that'd be awesome.
1: Well, uh, Kobe Bryant had a trainer named Tim Grover. I don't know if that uh, rings a bell for you guys. Uh, Tim Grover has a book called uh, Relentless, and that book is one that just sits in my uh, my nightstand all the time, regardless of if I read it or not. It just sits there as a reminder. Um, It gives me an opportunity to. keep the foot on the gas to make sure I am relentless with my efforts to drive yourself every day, regardless of that goal, to make sure you're anticipating success based on what effort you're putting in. And so you're kind of alluding to that whole, you know, getting up at 4 a.m., making sure you hit the ground running every day. And that was just the way in which Kobe operated based on Tim Grover's, you know, uh, navigation it doesn't necessarily mean you're getting up at 4am every day but just make sure that you are always keeping your uh, the pedal to the metal and 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 this right now is the time that you can maximize that as you alluded to, Mitch. People are taking it easy. People are shutting it down. And this is kind of an opportunity to say, look, if that's how the mentality is in the industry, say 25-30% of people doing that, look at what opportunity I just got. And that's what I was mentioning on the as the pillars. Look at your opportunities. This is the best time to write insurance. You have lenders who are still closing deals, you have real estate agents who are still showing homes. You have Uh, people that are trying to save money for the holidays and you can provide that to them and promote that as such. There is so much going on right now. And and by the way, people are sitting on their assets right now, uh, as far as your prospects, your clients. Uh, so they have the time to take care of, uh, their insurance needs. And so like, let's go get that. Let's go out and make sure we, we maximize that opportunity. Um, so, and I know you have a lot to say on that topic, Brett, because you're in the trenches right now dealing with, you know, you're seeing it firsthand. Yeah. I mean, it, we,
2: we, we, I don't want to use the word battle. We dance with that every year. Right. If you have a, 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 you know group of producers specifically producers that you're working with like it's just this mentality that we have this social herd mentality when when we start to see the outside everybody else start shutting it down inherently it's just like we start shutting it down it's like if you ever been on a workout and somebody's working out and all of a sudden they just ramp it up you don't you kind of feel awkward just not ramping it up you feel awkward you're like well i guess we're guess we're ramping it up here you know i guess this guy's crazy you know and as soon as somebody starts to shut it down you start to shut it down. You know, it's like, Hey, we're going to cut out early. Oh yeah, it's a great idea. Let's cut out early. So maintaining that focus is very difficult because inherently we're just wired that way. But, um, and Annie makes a great, you make a great point. There is a lot of opportunity to, to, to capture business. You know, I just even think about even like back to that activity conversation, like even just the amount of touches you do, like, so like in our, I don't know how it is up there, Andy, when you're, you know, running you know, the insurance agent, but see, but up there, but for us, the summer is the most is the busiest time here for us. I don't know, Mitch, I don't know how that works to you, but for homeowner season, for us, we are heavy, heavy in the summer. And, you know, our agents sometimes don't even have room to go out and prospect. They don't have room to go out and market, which to me is an excuse anyway, but there is an inherently, there's a good enough excuse to where you're like, I'm pinned to my desk. I can't get to everybody. Right. If you don't have, if you don't, if if you have space during this time which you do because we slow down how, how much more activity can you do H- how much more time can you put in in prospecting how many more calls can you make how many more touches how many more thank you notes how many more everything right like even if you're not even capturing business i'm not even looking at production during this time i don't care about production at Come all
0: on, baby keep it going it, it's it's, going. it's
2: it's it's about how it's about the activity that you're doing and, and are you being relentless which by the way it's a great book i've read that twice it's awesome um dude's a savage yeah um would not want to train with that guy I'll tell you that right now but um
1: by the way you know a, who trains with him is russell wilson of
2: course well I'm never a, really russell, mind. russell wilson works hard Big so tell you want. that guy that guy works hard but yeah. but that to me mitch that's the deal right like like it's not about it's not about results it's about activity And if you have space, it's a gift if you see it that way. Or you could just say, ah, well, it's not worth it until it picks up. It's like, dude, you're missing it. Oh, my God, you're missing it. You just got a gift, right? In the summer, you're like, man, I just don't have enough space. I don't have enough time to get out here and do this. I'm just so, so busy. And then three, four months later, you forget of what that was like. And you have this space. And all of a sudden you want to be like, well, you know, I'll pick it back up when it ramps up. That's the worst time. That's like saying we want to win a national championship, but we're not going to work out in the off season. Makes no sense. Championships are are made in the off season. They're not made when, when the gun goes off. Like if you haven't done the work, when the gun goes off, you have a small net, the work that you do during this time creates a big net and you may not see the fruit of that net yet, but when the opportunity starts coming in, the ability for you to capture as many as you possibly can has to do in my my opinion of what you do in the next three months,
0: dude. Shake as shake as many hands as you can. That's my dad told me that. That's shake as many hands activity. as you can. Yeah, right. Because you're it's an act. It's activity. Great right. Activity. Yep. Historically, for in my five years, summer has always been my busiest time. I also coach travel baseball, and I'm at a baseball facility Thursday through Sunday. Oh wow! And I get to talk to people. And I know lots of people in the baseball world just because my family, right? So with that being said, right, historically for me, before I actually put my shit in gear and put oil in it and got the engine going back again and started listening to people like Andy when it comes to the centers of influence and taking care of your mortgage brokers, your real estate agents, weeding out the ones that are wasting your time that aren't sending you good business and you have a big, nice, big core nucleus of just amazing mortgage brokers that are still putting 20 to 30 units Mm -hmm. in a month in this inflation slowing down stage. That's winning that I'm going to be confident in saying that I feel great doing it because it's taken some effort because of activity
2: activity. I didn't just
0: find two or three mortgage brokers and start shaking their hands and taking them to dinner, having a cocktail and getting an opportunity and, or you're coming, coming through with the opportunity and giving them a good product, a good service, a good process, a good relationship. I found 15 to 20. I have four now that I literally are some of my best friends.
1: I was going to mention something separate. So, um, And for context, today is November 29th, 2022. Uh, we always used to teach our producers to work from the 15th to the 15th. That way, you know, when you're in, when it's the 16th, you're starting on the next month. You are mm-hmm. preparing for the next month. The reason you do that is because uh, we shouldn't, we, yes, we look at premiums typically from the 1st to the 30th, 31st, uh, but you're, you're basically, you're, you're pumping your pipeline for December and January. And you're understanding that when you're looking on from the 15th, from the 15th perspective, your month starts in the middle of the month for the next month. (laughs) Um, so as we're sitting at, we're walking into December, your month is half over. Your month is half over. That means you're almost looking into 2023, um, here in about two weeks. Um, and, and, and I think Brett, you, you alluded to this, like the start, you, you, you know, you, when the gun goes off, you should have already put in the legwork to like, get a good head start. You're starting 20, 2023 here in 15 days um and and you should already have that head start right so that's a little little extra context there
2: that is gold right there let, let me ask a follow up question for my own andy what would be a couple things or a couple habits or a couple things someone would do in order to frame their month 15 to the 15th do, you know do, what would be some things that you guys trained people to set up their time schedule priorities task or pipeline lists whatever to allow yourself to kind of have that framework
1: yeah, it's kind of a CRM perspective because you understand when policies are going to be effective. You While you're quoting, you understand the effective dates. So your pipeline should be set up accordingly. This is a December deal. This is a January deal. You know how much premium you're going to write or at least how you're going to project your goals based on the current landscape of your pipeline. So you, it's all task-driven Got on it. okay, my effective dates lead into my goals that I can set for myself month over month. So, if I know I'm walking into the next, if it's the 16th of November and I'm planning for December and I have 30K in premium that's supposed to be uh, that written premium that's effective or going to be effective in December, I can set a 45K measure and just know that I did an extra half of my month is going to be dedicated towards building the next 15 days towards. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: So, that's like the, and it's very simple. I just made that pretty simple. There's no need to, to overcomplicate the concept. It's just making sure that your effective dates are leading to your goals, and your goals, you would basically take another half of that of what you wrote in that first 15 days, and you add it to the back end. So you're taking you're just you're taking inventory.
2: song. <clears> <throat> yeah. when we get yeah. close to those, you're taking inventory to where it's far as far as allocation in regards to what you're knowing, you're stacking the next month with.
1: Well said, better said than me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know about that, Makes but wow.
2: that's cool. I've never I've never heard that the 15th to the 15th again. Um. I will give you credit when I put it at the bottom of the sheet, but I will be stealing this, Andy. So. Please do, please
1: do. Yeah, you're. Yeah, <laughs>
2: right. If, if right, you, right,
0: if if you're listening to the show and you're a consistent listener and a loyal listener, like Mr. Cass likes to say, if, if you're a consistent listener of the show, you hear me consistently say, "There's people out there willing, willing to help you. There's people out there willing to share ideas. There's people willing to collaborate and help you out with something." Yeah. these two people are two of those guys every guest that i've had on my show is one of those people there is your playbook there's your there's your wikipedia of insurance now pick and choose which things will work for you and execute a damn plan that i will go to my grave saying this is the most and one of my most important pillars for success is the people you surround yourself with yeah, amen to that, man. Amen uh, that. 100% the truth. And I didn't meet Brett. You're going to like this transition, Andy. I didn't meet Brett until January of last year. This year. Jeez, oh, Pete, it was yeah. this year. January of this year at the One City World Tour Conference, numero one Unbelievable. at Mile High Unbelievable. Stadium. Probably the coolest – like interaction meeting somebody at a conference and I got fanboyish over. I'm like, dude, I don't know who these guys are, but they're freaking sweet and
1: they're cool people. Same. Yeah. I felt that way about urban young as well.
0: It was amazing. I'm like, who are these guys? Well, heck yeah. I want to learn about these guys. I want to follow what they do. I watched his content every day.
2: Cool, man. I I appreciate it.
0: I mean, it's amazing. So with one city world tour coming up again, first question, Brett, are you going to go again?
2: So number one, that was one of the best conferences I've been to, period. And uh, the Matheson brothers put on an absolute clinic. um, And there was a lot of really good speakers. It was action-packed. It was the most value-rich event that I've ever been to in any industry, number one. So shout out to those guys for putting on such a ridiculously impactful two days. I was myself both of my business partners went and this year we're bringing our operators. So we've got three other uh, individuals that uh, have their own offices. And so they're, they're, you know, they're running their agencies, they're doing their deal. And we've said, you, you have to come. So we've got six of us rolling deep to uh, one city world tour this year. So it will be a family affair um, with fresh journals and notepads. And that's only secondary to just the amount of cool people that you'll meet. And obviously, like you said, Mitch, there's power in proximity. Like People pay tens of thousands of dollars just to be in proximity of people that have done the deal. So if you're looking to Sometimes we ask ourselves, like, what's the next thing to do? Like, what should I do? And you're asking the wrong question. The question you should be asking is, who should I go find to help me? You know, like, who should I be around? Like, and the One City World Tour is one of those events that you just don't want to miss because you're going to be in proximity with people from all over the country that are doing the deal. Like, they're swinging the axe and everybody's got a different flavor. Everybody's got a different way. But I promise you, I you know, this I, I came back with more notes than you can possibly process. There, there, there's so much content rich information. But all you need is that one. You're gonna go to this conference and you're looking for that one nugget. And it's, it's gonna hit you like a ton of bricks. And then that's gonna that, that you will have 12 months to figure out how to implement and master that thing. And the way that you find you way the way you find that is by going to the mothership and being close to the flame. So there this year for sure
0: yep i i, I will that. be there i will be there as well and i will say with you t- say you're bringing your operators with you this year is that called growth there you well, go then. there you go i'm just saying i'm i'm was kind of trying to be funny to make you guys smile or right. whatever but andy tell us a little bit about one city world tour um coming up here very very soon if you haven't got tickets you better hurry up because i'm assuming they're probably going to be sold out if they aren't already give us a little lowdown on that brother man
1: yeah we did uh this 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 year we did our first annual mastermind group uh, made up of many of the top industry leaders um agency owners, producers in the country. Uh, we really enjoy collaboration and discussion on growth and leadership. Uh, we we do it in January because we want to help you kick off the new year right. Uh, so we did it this past uh, January and then we'll be doing it in uh, January on January 18th and 19th two thousand twenty three in Austin, Texas, come meet us. Uh, Come join us for a really cool version of the One City World Tour alongside the Insurance Guys podcast with Bradley Flowers and Scott Howell. Um, this year, we've sought out, um, sought out some of the hidden gems in the industry and a handful of the up-and-coming leaders in our industry. Um, just to give you a quick rundown of the speaker lineup, um, Bradley Flowers and Scott Howe, who I mentioned, the insurance guys, they're really good at, um, at what they do and hosting one of the best insurance podcasts in the industry. Uh, myself, my brother Ryan, will have uh, a, a brief session on kind of our own version of what we'd like to accomplish for this upcoming year and in coordination with the industry. Uh Troy Corgisden, uh, author, platform speaker, former agency owner. He grew one of the largest farmers agencies in the country. He's going to talk about systems and efficiency and productivity. Uh, Sierra Gravier, uh, the founder of uh, the Insurance Bunker Agency. She's an up-and-coming industry leader for sure. Uh, Aaron Gordon, uh, the VP of Gordon uh, Gordon Companies. He's an up-and-coming um, industry leader for sure. Aubie uh, Knight, the CEO of the Big Eye in North Carolina. Uh, he's going to be good for us. My favorite on the list, I'm not even saying that because this man is here, Uh, but Brett Young is going to be on stage. Uh, Brett is going to be, he's, I went to uh, their summit here about a month ago uh, for their agency and uh, I was beyond inspired, beyond um, uh, influenced by what he did in front of his own team. And I'd like him to replicate that for the industry. And I'm honored and, and very pumped up to have him on stage. Garrett Drowage, Director of Innovation at IMA, which is one of the largest brokers in the country. He's going to speak on InsurTech. Billy Wagner, an agency consultant. Um, We'll talk um, a little bit about his Brightway Insurance Agency locations that he has been running. Uh, Kerry Wallace, an agency consultant who you've probably heard of before. Ryan Hanley, we probably all know him. Uh, David Foster, the president of a pretty large insurance agency out of Alabama. And last but not least, Denise Garth, who is the chief strategy officer at Majesco, which is an infrastructure company here in the industry that helps carriers in their systems that they operate on. So anyways, long story short, uh, come meet us, come hang out with us, learn from some of the best and the best, the hidden gems and the up and coming leaders in the industry.
0: You will have a heck of a time. I can tell you that Um, there's, you know, talk about your close proximity people, right? I mean, I, I try to, and another thing is, is I didn't know there was such things as cool insurance conferences like this. I know, I know it's the second year for it, but dude, it, it, the people you hang around with will open your eyes up to things that you need to be opened up to. Go find yeah. someone and learn, go find somebody and ask them to have a conversation. It's as simple as that. It's amazing what conversations can lead to, right? Uh, every damn day, right? Every day a conversation leads to something good or bad. It, just cause it's bad doesn't mean you can't make a good out of it. Okay. Yeah. Always remember that one second, one quick question for both of you. If you have anything else, the floor is yours. Okay. But I now want you to give me one piece of advice for someone young in the insurance industry, Brett, you first. Young in the
2: industry. Oh man, you're in the right spot. This is the, someone asked me, it was a couple weeks ago, knowing what you know now, if you could start over, And build it in any industry, what would you do? And I sat there and I thought about it for a very long time because I didn't want to give a cliche answer, but I, and and I, and I'm a, I feel like I'm a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. I've done a lot of stuff, but I, 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 I could not give them an answer. I would do the exact same thing. This business gives you everything that you want. It, there's just, there's just so much available here. And Especially for someone that has time on their side, that is a um, that is a significant factor, right? Later on in the career, might be a tough one to do. Still got a lot of juice in it, but that's a tough one because time is the time is the X factor. But if you're a young person in this business, you know, ask yourself if it's not working, it it, it it's not the industry. It's not the industry. You just might have to get better. Because I promise you, there are a lot of people that have everything that they want in this business and are continue to get everything they want. And so I'm convinced that this is the best industry in the world. It's the best business in the world. I love it with all my soul. It's giving me every single part of the boxes that I get to check. Um, and it keeps getting better. A lot of industries, the more successful you get, the farther away from that you get. In this business, the more successful you get, the more you get to check the boxes. So I just want to say that you're in the right place at the right time. And hopefully you're with the right people. But this is a special, special business. Give it the time that it deserves. Swing the
1: axe. Love it.
0: Mr. Matheson, give us a cherry on the top, baby. Hey, that's
1: that's one of my, one of my little lines. Did I've never heard that? you say that
0: before in oh, my okay. life. I'm sorry. Right. I really haven't. But cherry on hey, top. just like we do, just like everything else that I've done the last like two years, I took that from Mandy as well. All
1: right, fair enough. Nice. Um, when I was at the Urban Young Agency Summit um, this year, uh, I talked to a couple of their young producers who are just getting started. And you guys have heard me say this before. So I'm kind of cheating when I say this, but uh, young producers need to stop everything they're doing. I don't care how much business you write in the first six months of your career. Don't do anything except build your referral network. Literally Mm. just focus on that. You're going to be eating ramen regardless. Focus on your referral network. First and foremost, it's going to set you up so well for the rest of your career. You won't even imagine what it's going to do for you. I mentioned on the front of the show, you can get to the point where you're automating your entire lead flow where you just turn on the faucet and it flies in. You put the cup under the sink and it's going to pour into that cup. I promise you, if you get 30 quality referral partners that do well, two to three leads per month, you're going to be crushing it. And if you can set up that network properly in the first six months of your career, you won't have to worry about leads ever again. And leads are the way you can write business to write, build that book to get to where you want to be. So, just stop everything you're doing. Don't worry about anything else and just generate that referral network.
0: And Make sure you promise them what you're going to give. Yeah. And ask for the damn business. There it is. Yeah. They'd rather you ask for it than go around the eight ball with it and try to – Beat around the bush. It, yeah. Just go straight yeah. to the dude and ask him for a chance. Ask him for a chance. He'll, one, respect it unless he's in the middle of something, so make sure it's the right time. But two, he's probably going to give you an opportunity because nobody just walks in the door and immediately asks us for the warrant. They'll, yeah. I promise you it'll work. Happens happened for me a couple times. These guys know what they're talking about. Surround yourself around those that you want to be like and or follow the path that they have led for us. Um, without further ado, that's really all that I've got for you, gentlemen. I know I can't yeah. wait to see you both here in January, or not here in January, in uh, Austin, Texas in January for the One City World Tour Conference. Um, bring a notebook full of paper, uh, more than just five pieces, because you're going to take a lot of notes. For Andy Matheson, Brett Young, this is your host, Mitch Gibson. Thank you for listening to the MVP podcast, and always remember that you can make a difference. Take care, everybody.